Have you ever wondered what your ego is? I have. And I've discovered something that I think you'll find very interesting because everyone's got one. Everyone's got an ego, right? But we're all trained to think of the ego as something that's a part of us, that is just some, you know, one of the many facets of our human personality. It isn't. It isn't at all. Psychologists think it is. Psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, clerics, teachers believe this. Your doctor believes it. Everyone coming out of the universities believes it. But despite the prevalence of this idea, really, it's, it's all just theoretical. It's not real. The truth is, they have no idea what the ego is. It's all speculation. And this has led to a lot of misunderstanding about our natures as humans and, and why we suffer, why we have problems between the sexes, between races, racism, why we have problems with alcohol, drugs, food, all of it. It all has to do with misunderstanding ego. Now, and I'm going to prove this to you. I'm going to tell you something that you might not want to hear. You might not like it. <laughs> Your ego might not like it. It might, it, might, it might go against what you've been told all of your life, what you've learned in school, in medical school, whatever level of education you have. But the simple fact is that everything you've ever been told about the ego, everything that you've heard or read from psychologists, from spiritual pundits, from clerics, from university professors, your self-help gurus, your Pilates instructor, your AA sponsor, all of it has been wrong. I'm not saying these are stupid people. Generally, they're highly intelligent, maybe even well-meaning people. But their information, their training has been corrupted. They, they're not even aware of it. They believe they know something. And now you've been corrupted too, if you believe it. It's generational misinformation. It's intentional. It's intelligent. It's intellectual. And it's in error. So let's correct that right now, or at least... At least just consider this, all right? Because maybe I know what I'm talking about. Maybe I don't, but at least hear me. You think you have an open mind, right? Okay, so just, just be open right now. Okay, listen, the word ego, right? All it means is I, myself, me, depending on who's translating. It's Latin. The first guy who, who knew of it coined it, and he called it, he was a German doctor. His name was Grodek. George Grodick, and he was a pioneer in psychosomatic medicine. I won't go into what that is right now. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. Doctors don't, don't even know what psychosomatic means. They have no idea of how the mind and the body interact, believe it or not. But anyway, doctors like this Grodick, who studied the human psyche, these professionals have, for a long time, have recognized that something is there. Something's present in the psyche of every human being. Everyone's got it. And whatever that is, it holds an enormous command over our thinking and our behaviors. But they've never actually been successful in identifying its nature. They don't really know what it is. They know it exists, but they don't know what it does. Well, they know a little. They, they have a little speculation. They have a little theory. But its full significance is way more than they think it is. For the most part, all they've really done is just see it and put a label on it. Eagle, they call it. right? And I like the word. We can use the word. There's nothing wrong with it but it really doesn't tell us very much. But at least I know it's there, so respect for that at least. But we also have to see what it is and what it's doing to us because ego is not some 
psychological chunk of the human mind, like they think it is. It's far more nefarious than that. All right, so now here's where I'm going to lose some of you. Okay, and if I do, that's fine. But some of you are going to light up inside when you hear what I'm about to tell you. And that's good. You'll appreciate this. Ego is actually a metaphysical identity. It's a dark alien nature of something that expresses itself inside each of us. It's a lower self, not a true self, but a lower self. And it's taken up residence inside us, inside of our psyche. It pretends to be us, or at least some part of our human makeup, but it's neither. It's a parasite. It's a foreign invader. It's an inhuman identity that has no life of its own except that it lives through us vicariously. It even speaks to us. It mutters thoughts inside of our heads. We identify with it. We identify with its thoughts. We think it's us. It's not. That's the mistake. That's what I want you to see. We believe that it's us. We're fooled. It gets over on us. It's a terrible ruse. And in, in the meantime, our eyes, our bodies, our minds stop serving our Creator's will, and we begin to serve the will of this dark thing, this darkness, totally unaware that we've been tricked. We've been fooled. We've been deceived. Does this shock you at all? Even a little bit? It should. Because it's happening to everyone around you. It's happening to you, and it's happening to them. This dark, intrusive intelligence is a liar. And it carries on this charade. It poses as you, or your mother, or your conscience, or even God. And it does that for all of your life, as long as you remain unmindful of its existence. And in the meantime, it nurtures itself. It feeds off whatever resentment energy that it can. Anything, any, any irritation, being upset, any emotion that it can raise inside us by thoughts and then by our actions. Our life becomes its life. <laughs> it takes us away from innocence that we had when we were young, and it turns us into, into angry, judgmental jerks. God-separated beings. And then we're left alone, rudderless, out of control. No God. We're lost. No discipline. No direction. No intuitive guidance. And the quality of our lives become just pitted with sickness and heartache, fear. You want to know why you need to drink? Why you need to overeat? Take drugs? Take antidepressants? Why you need approval from people who are just as miserable as you are? Why you can't say no to your wife, gentlemen, men? Why you can't say no to your husband, ladies, or to your boss? Why these people can control you? Because you have lost your real identity. You don't even know who you really are. You can't stand up. You can't stand not to be accepted. You've become needy. You need them. You need their approval. You cannot live without it. We should all be living well. We should all be living peacefully, healthy. But we throw that all away. We become judgmental, angry, suppressed boobs. We go to the food and the sex and the alcohol. We go to the drugs. We even go to anger itself. And then we get addicted to all of it. We become obsessed with our pleasures and being liked. That becomes tantamount to everything. That's all we care about. This is part of a, of a metaphysical etiology out of which comes all the troubles of mankind. 
and it originates with this psychic infection of, that's right, resentment, being angry, playing God. It doesn't work. Now, what I've just told you is a very accurate description of what some people call spiritual disease. That's what it is, a disease. It's a breakdown of how we're supposed to exist. We're supposed to exist under God, under His will, not self-will. That's what spiritual disease is, living under self-will. Our true spirit identity, the real us, that, that the real us that God created, it remains intact. It's still there. It's okay. It's not dead. Not yet. But it's overwhelmed. Our conscious connection with God becomes infected. That is damaged. And we're unable to communicate with him. And some, some dark, unholy phantom rises up to take charge. To sit up on a throne inside of us, playing God in the kingdom within. We become selfish and self-centered. That's the sickness, putting self before God and all. All because this thing, this ego identity self, this entity is now in charge. We go through life and we become desensitized to its presence. We don't even know it's there. We don't even realize it. We grow more and more numb to it, eating, drinking, drugging, judging and sexing ourselves into oblivion or some combination of these, maybe even all of them. <laughs> and then one day, we don't even know who we are anymore. We can't tell where we begin and it ends. Our true identity gets blurred and we go slowly mad. So now are you scared? Sorry. Something telling you that I'm wrong? That I'm crazy? Listen, this creature will do anything to make sure that you or anyone hearing this right now does not believe what I've just told you. It'll pervert legitimate religious teachings. It'll twist psychology and spiritual philosophies. It wants to hide this. It wants to invalidate this. It mutters in your head, maybe even in your own voice. It discredits and casts aspersions at anyone who dares reveal this to you. Call me crazy. Call you crazy. It rebels against truth because it, it has to remain undetected or at least misunderstood so that it can keep replicating itself in our children, in our children's children. It replicated itself in you through your resentment for your parents. And this is why you've never been told any of this before. This is why your educators have misled you. It's to keep this from you. It's happened to them. Ego is not a psychological feature of some wonderful humanity. It's an inhuman spiritual entity. It projects a nefarious, intelligent nature into us. It exploits every angry person's inclination to become lost in thoughts. You get angry, you're done. Lose the anger, get free. It's that simple. So this is a good time to tell you about how I go about it, how I get free. It's very simple. Each time you practice consciousness, you're immediately released from the confines of your contemplative mind. And then when you're free from that, you get free from the control of your ego. It lets go, or you let go. You sever from it. You do this regularly, you start living free all the time. It takes some practice, not much. A little goes a long way, but... If you'd like to practice and get free, then it's, it's about to become available when my new book comes out. You'll be able to go to my website and download or, or stream the special exercise. There's no charge for it. 
you'll be able to just go and get it, depending on when you hear this, it might be there already. This is a spiritually awakened condition that a lot of people call the fourth dimension of existence. It'll change your life. It'll change the lives of everyone you touch starting the moment you first meditate, as long as you do it the way I show. But you have to do it, and then you keep it up, and it works for the rest of your life. And I'm not sure when that... Dan, when is the uh, the new book is set to be released? It's like any day now, right? Next, next week? December 1st. December 1st. December 1st. It's... It's non-contemplative meditation, and it works by placing you in a protective state of neutrality where you become the observer of your thinking. You become set apart from the constant stream of thoughts in your head. You become you, for real, like you were one time when you were a little child. And Dan, Dan you, you meditate. Do you, uh, do you ever feel like a little child? <laughs> do I ever feel like a little child? Yeah. Um, in a good sense, yes. <laughs> In a, you, you know what I mean by that, right? <laughs> yes, yes, I do, of like course. Like a little child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you feel immature. No. Like a baby. No. You have not been a, a little child in a long time. Do I ever treat you like a little child? Um, <laughs> well, sometimes I, I remind you that I am 21 years old. Oh. But uh, Do I have to ever have to remind you that I'm 60 years old? No, that's that's very obvious to me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> My son is a wise guy sometimes. Um, well, the reason I asked ask that is because sometimes I feel like a little child. I know I'm 60 years old, but I feel like a little child and not childish. I mean, I feel knowledgeable. I feel I don't feel I don't feel smart. I know I know that I, I know that I'm smart, but I mean, I'm not I don't feel smart. You you feel uh it sounds silly, but you feel innocent, right? Like, I do. like a childlike innocence. That's yeah. That's really what I mean. A childlike right. like, like innocence. Because yeah. once you stop, once you oh, this is going to raise some ire with some people. But once you stop sinning, you you don't feel shame anymore. You don't feel guilt. I don't do anything that I'm ashamed of. I don't do anything that brings on the guilt, and so I never need. Um, I I don't have to act like a you know even a ch look a child is innocent and a child is not a child can sin right a child can become yes. be can become willful of course but uh, once you lose that you become like the child you're not a bad child you're a good child you understand what I mean by that right yeah okay yeah did you have was there anything else that I was talking about just now that sort of raised a question people people are not going to like that you imply that you can stop sinning. Right. But even in their own Bible, it says that. I mean, you're talking about Christians when you say people, right? So, Sure. So they, because people that are not Christians don't care about sin, right? They don't care. I don't think. Well, there are Jews and there are Muslims. Oh, that's, and I, well, I don't know okay. what they, I don't know what um, those laws say, but well, Jews their can, laws. Jews can sin. <laughs> I don't know about Muslims, but um, well, yeah, they, they can all, have their transgressions, but anyway, no. You're supposed, we're supposed to stop sinning. We're not supposed to sin anymore because we're not going to play God, and we're not going to get angry because getting angry is playing God and being judgmental. And once you awaken spiritually, you stop doing that. You get free from anger, and it just doesn't. Well, the problem is, um, people people think sin is is uh, is the action. Right. Right. Oh no. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Those no, are sins, no, no. right? No, they're not. No, I, I know. But that's what that's so, what I think most people believe. Ah, uh, yes. Of you know, course. swearing is a sin. No, it's not. 
<laughs> I'm giving examples. Hey, screw you. It's not. I'm giving examples. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. That's not. Those aren't the sins. Those are the effects of sins. If you're a, if you sin, you will you will do those things. Right. But stopping those things doesn't mean you're no longer a sinner. It just means you're restrained. Right. So or restrained or or suppressed, and you're not doing those things. So it's what sin is. Sin comes, the sin comes before that. The sin is the playing God part. The sin is the anger. You can, you can swear in anger. And of course, you are, you are sinning. You can also swear, uh, for comedic effect in an instance where it might be appropriate without anger. Right. And that is there's true. There's a big difference between the two. That is true. I don't, I don't, that is true. I don't use the F word though. No, no. I mean, I mean, some, some, some words are just low class, no matter when you use it. But yeah, that's true. You know, you know what I'm saying. I sure do. I sure do. Um, yeah, that's a big topic. I think we should make a. I think it should have a. Uh, maybe write a blog about that, or maybe I should do a video, or maybe we should about swearing. No, about oh, about sinning. About sinning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No swear. Oh, I could do swearing too. People swear all the time. I swear, millennials they do. swear a lot. But, oh my People god! People that go, you're a millennial. When you, when you were, you are, uh, you were of the ripe age of sixty. Yes. And when, when you were my age, right? And you visited your friends in college. Yep. You hung out with people. Did people swear as much as as my friends do now? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They every did. other word. Yeah, really, every other word. Know, yeah. Of, um. Okay. I'm not offended by it per se, but, but I, I I think it's interesting. I don't I don't do it. Yeah, but then again, that's those are the circles that I hung out in. I don't think that it was as prevalent across the board amongst everyone. In other words, like a college kid, yes. And in business, people always swore and I, you know, and cursed and yelled. I mean, the businesses that I was in. Now, come on, I worked on Wall Street for 17 years. So, I think I heard a few curse words. I worked on I worked uh, in the in the produce business for for years. Then you know the terminal markets. Oh, everybody knows about the produce business. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's you know truck drivers and and warehousemen and all that stuff. Of yeah, course, broccoli, cauliflower. That's right. That's right. So, we were, we were at a we were at a store the other day. We were at a hardware store, right? Remember, and we asked an employee where something was. Oh, that was something weird. We never met. That was weird. She was she was. Probably about fifty years old, maybe. I would say, yeah. In her late forties, maybe. Yeah. And we asked her where something was, and or, or we asked her the price of something, and she goes to scan it <laughs> with that. her gun to find out the price, and yeah. it doesn't scan right. She goes, "Oh, f," or something like that, right? Yeah, she said, like, "Oh, f this. oh, this f and thing is not working again." And like, and like, does she even realize Excuse what she me, just? Madam. Pardon me, madam. Did you just say the f word? It, but it's more prevalent, <laughs> I think, now. Yeah, but people in circumstances I, where where it would not have been right. like like in the store dealing with a customer with an employee, you know? yeah. Employees swear at me all the time when they think I'm friendly. As soon as they think, as soon as you're friendly to an employee, yeah, they'll like start swearing and cursing at you. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I noticed that. I noticed that, but it's it's not proper to to curse at a uh, at a customer in a store. No, to say the f word. That's just. That's just outrageous. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, I would fire that person immediately. I, right. It's like you know, don't don't do that. It's a bad habit. It's a bad. It becomes a verbal habit. You know. Yeah, there were always people that did that. I I have to tell you, when I was um, when I was younger, I 
with with when I was with my friends, that's what happens with with younger people. They want to be approved and they want to be liked by their friends, and it becomes the language. So they they so it works into the language. Oh yeah, f this, f that. You know, they're just doing it for approval. Yeah, you know? right. and then and then it becomes part of their part of their sure language inside their heads. And you have to watch out for that language inside of your heads because that inside of your head because that language inside of your head is not really your language. Mm-hmm. You're not. You, we don't have language. We don't have. We have language inside of our head, but that's not us. Talk, yeah, talking. People, you can swear as yourself. I don't know about using the f word. I, I really. I don't think I've ever used the f word. Right. Um, but you know, you know, like like in any in any case, but. Swearing is also an indication of of an anger. Yes, it you know, is. When you're not just looking for approval of other people, you know, like it doesn't have to just be because that's how you grew up. It can be an indication of 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 an anger inside you. It's an anger like that you're is... saying when you're swearing to yourself, something goes wrong. <clears throat> oh yeah. You know? Well, people say "f me." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do. I hear that one. Oh, f me. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, you can actually okay when you're angry like that. That is, that's not your anger. That's something, that's anger that has gotten inside you. That's something that's gotten in, into you. Right. That is, that's an emotion. And that's gotten in and it's feeding a lower dark self. That's part of you that is re- actually basking in that emotion and in that anger. You know, right. You know what I mean? So when it's cursing, that's it cursing. You can actually hear cursing inside of you. That's not you. You, you weren't born with those words. So how, how do you know? You really... You, Maybe you shouldn't know, but how do you know whether you're you picked up a bad habit, right? Or you have a you have a, you have a deep emotional problem <laughs> because the bad ha- it's okay because the bad habit is that you picked up is the habit of being lost in your thoughts, and then it's all automatic. Then it says all kinds of things. It right. says the f word, but it's also saying other things. People that have the f word running in their heads have all kinds of other stuff running in their heads. That's just like slipping in, you yeah. Know? So they have other stuff going on there too. The thing is, they're not present. They're not conscious. They're not, you know, that phrase in the moment, right? They're not here right now. They're lost in their thoughts. Lost, lost in the lost, lost in the thought stream. And in there will be all of these words. I saw. Um, and it is, and they, and also, I just want to say, when you're lost there, you are susceptible to even further attack. You can be, you, you be that thing takes those emotions and feeds off of it and then judges other people gets angry gets emotional gets irritated gets frustrated and impatient that's where you see you know you go to the supermarket and you see a mother smacking her child in the face you know i told you to, i told you to i don't know we can't have cheerios or whatever it is that's an impatient mother acting violent on her children yeah but, it, but it's not an impatient mother it's something inside the impatient mother that's spreading terror and the child will grow up to resent that mother. How did that happen? That mother was lost. That mother was lost in her thoughts and something took over and then did something. She was out of control. I think most people can relate to just going about their day and having lots of thoughts. Every time something goes wrong, a lot of people, like you said, they swear to themselves in their head. You right. know, But whether or not... You're swearing. Whatever's whatever's going on in your head when something's happening. Right. Even if you've trained yourself, say, oh, if you go, oh, sugar in your head instead. <laughs> like people say that. Um, oh, sugar? Yes. I, have you heard that before? I think I have. I've heard, 
I've heard a lot of people say that actually. A, a lot of older people who. Yeah, well, that's just the thing, as bad that's as not, that's not eliminating the problem, which is that's elimination. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. Some people get it. Go ahead. Hmm. Oh. Okay. I. I'll, I guess I'll ask you later. Okay. Um. That's not if if you have an anger problem yes. doing something like that is not eliminating it. That's a workaround because you want to be more. Yeah, you think you're acceptable, one, right? By societal standards, what you're better off doing is watching the emotion. Just watch when something like that happens. If you say "oh sugar" in your head or <laughs> or whatever word it is, just just watch that it happened. Yeah. Say "oh something." I just got annoyed. Right. I just I just got worried for a second. You just step back and you look at and it. And if you just watch that that happened, and then you watch it when it happens again right. and again and again, and right. you just keep moving on, you don't you don't harp on it. Right. Then it will eventually go away. Yeah. Well, what it'll, do you need? It'll stop. You 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 don't need any. What do you need me for? I'm your father. It sounds like you don't even need me anymore. <laughs> uh, I well. Well, maybe someone will benefit from that because that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. You step back and you watch the emotion. It's not the. Uh, because that person did not have to say sugar. They could have said the, the actual word, right? Yes. They could have said the, the poop word, right? Okay. Sure. Sure. They could have said sure. It doesn't matter. The word itself is just the language. It's the emotion behind it. What 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 was generated, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> what was generated, be, you know, what generated that word, what generated the emotion behind the word? That's what you step back and you watch. It's not that I said a bad word. You don't need soap in your mouth as it going to do anything, right? No. This is like training a dog. So what you have to look at, if you step back, well, I'm just repeating what you what you said. You step back, you look at the emotion, and then it comes back. It might come back. And it comes back, and then it's a little weaker, and then it comes back, and it's a little weaker. And then finally, it's just gone, and you're, you're not upset anymore. And then you're not going to curse. Anybody listening who thinks, oh, these, these guys are, are too easily offended, you know, by by swear words they're too uptight it's it you have to make it clear that it's it's not the it's not the word that's the problem as we said it's it's just realizing that oh this person's angry right you know it's it's just pointing out a problem within the person not it's not the word itself of course no it's not the word i'm and even the anger it's not even offense at the anger either because I don't I don't get it. people don't offend me no it's not offensive no i mean it might be offensive i'm not offended i'm not offended Okay. Was there anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Um, then let's wrap it up. I just want to say uh, we have a a mail. You want to bring up the mail subscription? Oh, sure. Um, we have a news. It's not a newsletter, but it's a night. It's a Monday night mailing that goes out and it lands in everybody's mailbox. If you go on to uh, schwarzhoffmedia.com. There's a subscription box right there. You just enter your email. We don't just send- go to the go to the bottom of the page, and there's a subscription box at the bottom of the page. Okay. Yeah. And we send that out every Monday night. It's usually our one of my best blogs, I guess. We uh, we attach the uh, whatever the most recent blog or the one that you favored from the week, one of your favorite blogs, and then but also uh, usually um, you write something for it. We have some special exclusive content that goes out. Right. Some writings or or just thoughts that that my father's had throughout the week that that we decide we want to share with people in our newsletter right all right everybody so that wraps it up just subscribe to the newsletter goes out every monday night sometimes tuesday morning if we're delayed but it's supposed to go out every monday night and uh you'll enjoy it very much exclusive content in there very very poignant very very helpful 
and we'll catch you later on the next uh, on the next podcast.